The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. It's eight minutes after eight. It's time for the Forum at Eight. And this morning we're talking about language and the development of languages in particular. And we told that um, the development of language enhances national understanding, it enhances national unity, and also effectively assists to facilitate participation in developmental issues. So if it carries that sort of import, why then are we so laxed, or at least seemingly we are lax about developing our languages? On the forum this morning, we are introspecting and asking, what are we doing to, de- to, to, to actually um, develop the status of our languages? Uh, what is the status of that development at the moment? And what are the immediate needs and the long t- uh, long-term strategies and, um, uh, that we need to come up with in order to make sure that all our languages attain the same level of development? And just looking at what the students are protesting about, part of it is about decolonization. And one would think then that language would play a pivotal role in this because our languages need to be developed to a certain extent in order for us to take it all the way through uh, to higher learning. So that is what we are talking about this morning. The lines are open. You may, and I'd love to hear your views this morning. Please contribute 0891 SMS us on 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. What are we doing in order to develop our languages? And joining us for the discussion this morning, uh, Dr. Rakwena Munareng, who is from the uh, PANSALB, is the CEO at that institution. He joins us from our Pretoria studios. Thanks so much for speaking to us, doctor. Thank you very much. And uh, joining us uh, from Rhodes University is Professor Russell Kashula, who is Professor of African Language Studies. Thanks for your time as well, Prof. Thank you, Sakina. Good morning to the listeners. And that's the conversation we're having this morning. And, and, and speaking of those languages, and, and when you start talking about language and language development, it's, it's usually a very emotive subject. People really become very invested in it. But what are we doing? If we look at the state of our languages, and I'm by no means trying to say that, you know, uh, two decades into democracy, we should have really achieved all our goals, but just how far have we developed um, in uh, terms of bringing our languages up to the standard of, say, English and Afrikaans? Let me start with you, Professor Kashula. Um, Thank you very much for this opportunity, um, Sakina. Let me um, begin uh, just by saying I'm so happy we're not talking about the tired old debate of whether we should be using English as medium of instruction or African languages and that we're actually talking about the development of our languages and which goes to the nub of the of the issue at hand. Um, I can start by just looking at Rhodes University, which is the university where I'm at. Um, in 2006, we had about 50 students in total at this university, and in 2016, on any given day, we have between five and 800 students studying African language studies at Rhodes University, which is a small university of about 7,000 students. So what we did was, in 2006, we began to reposition the study of African languages, and we began to develop new and innovative courses that spoke to producing students who can respond to the economy in South Africa. And um, in 2016, we have uh, 300 first-year students, 100 doing Isiklosa as a mother tongue, 200 doing African languages as a second language, and we have up to 19 PhD students, doctoral students, and three postdoctoral students um, 
at the university. So there's been a real change in the way we teach African languages and in the way African languages are received by our students at Rhodes University. And let me also say, Sakina, this couldn't have happened in a vacuum. We've had um, real support from our university and from the research office and from our management. And um, as I speak to you, Sakina, I sit in a, in a brand new building, a 40 million rand building, um, of which uh, a vast major, a lot of that money came from the Department of Higher Education, and we mustn't forget that in 2011, Dr. Zimande called for the use of African languages on our campuses. So um, there has been quite a lot of political will in the repositioning of our languages as well. Um, and um, we also host the National in, um, Institute of Humanities and Social Sciences Catalytic Project, which I co-host with Professor Pamela Maseko. Uh, and we have funding from the Department of Science and Technology to host this National Research Foundation chair in the intellectualization of um, African languages, multilingualism and education. So, you know, it's a two-pronged approach. We need both to produce students and to have students in order to develop our languages, but we also need the political will um, to reposition ourselves in terms of the development of African languages. So in my opinion, there's a lot that still needs to be done, but there is a lot that's happening across the universities. And Sakina, I can list for you what is happening across the universities as well in terms of best mm. practices so you we know, can get a, a perspective on it. And I think that's important because, and I also just want to throw in there, how important is it then to actually have a roadmap in terms of where we actually want to go with the development of these languages and, and time frames, you know, as to how long it should take us to get there? Yes, I think language planning is a process. It's, it takes a while. You know, it's, it's, it's never-ending, in fact. But um, I agree with you that when you talk about um, fees must fall and decolonization, language is, is often the elephant in the room. It's, it's, it's basically language which could be pivotal to transformation. So um, I think the extent to which universities have critically analyzed their traditions and cultures you know, and engaged with pedagogic innovation at, a, at an epistemological level needs to be undertaking, and that language can be transformative. Um, and unless we're just going to simply remain in the mode of reproducing what already exists, you mm -hmm. know. So um, to me, I think there should be a sense of accountability, um, and we need to respond to the economy and use language in a way that responds alternatively to the sort of neoliberal globalization epoch that we find ourselves in today. Um, yeah, so I think language is pivotal to transformation as well. It certainly is. And uh, Dr. Munareng, as a pansalb, and I think many people would look to your organization when we start talking about language and language development, um, how would you characterize the last two decades? The, the, the important point to start with is to dispel the myth that um, uh, particularly African languages are not developed. Uh, Professor Kashula has given you a tidbit of some development that have been done when it comes to African languages. Uh, it is his universities and several universities that have done that. Some members of the society are engaged in doing that. We are basically, as Pencil, creating um, mandated to create platform so that um, the language development can go on. What I think it's important, again, to consider is to note that we are not going to say we are developing first and then give space to languages 
to perform their function later. And this is basically the mentality. People think that we need to develop African languages um, to a level of, for example, English and Africans, and later then provide them with space. The best approach will be to do the same thing at the same time. Mm. And the, the, the myth, again, that needs to be dispelled is that these languages are not developed. I'll tell you, uh, um, Akina, that I did my sub, sub A, small sub A, and B, and up until to standard six, not um, form one, standard six, uh, doing my studies in Sesotho Salwa, which is my first language. Uh, the fact that I could be able to deal with theorems in mathematics, mm. solve ex- mathematical expression in these languages, tells you that this language has been developed a long time ago. And the only thing is to ignite that power and allow them to do their space. Professor Kashula has indicated to you about, um, he raised the point of the neoliberal, neoliberal and, um, epoch that we're faced with. The key important aspect is to deal with the system that constricts this language to activate and take their role and start working. And remember, the biggest enemy of this language is ourselves as language speakers, as the government, uh, being, con- being constructed within this liberal epoch. We are the very same people that are enemy to the languages. We mouth it. We don't actually give space to these languages. We might go on, and if we continue uh, in, in a very um, singular approach of developing and, and, and giving space later, then we're going to have a problem. Hence the mandate of PENSALP, as I uh, indicated earlier, is we want the development to go on and we want the space to be created on these languages. The space is there. We need that to be done. Um, Whose responsibility is it to create that space? It is ourselves. It is uh, much about political setup. Uh, it's much about political will. Professor Kashula indicated about political will. It is not enough. It is not enough. I'll give you an example. We have got an act. If you go to all the act in the parliament, you will note that the first page will indicate that the English version is the one signed by the president. What does that tell you? If I get the act translated in Sesotho Salvador, then that act is not official. If I pick up my constitution, which is translated in Sesotho Salvador, or written in Sesotho Salvador, and maybe somebody takes to court, it is not official because the, the official version is the one that is signed, and the signed one is in a given language. So you see that the problem is, is, in, is inherent within ourselves. Uh, the, 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 the idea of, uh, of, of decolonizing the mind and decolonizing the curriculum is at the heart of all this debate. What is currently disappointing um, is that students, especially last, uh, last year during the wave of uh, language policy matters at higher institutions, I think started with the College of Agriculture in Stellenbosch and Stellenbosch University and all other universities followed. The students were vociferous about that. My worry and my biggest concern, I think, and that uh, Kashula will always share that with me, is that none of them were saying we opt for African language to be given space to be taught in the classroom. It was like we're going for a monolingual approach. 
that certainly wasn't what I understood them to say, but that's another discussion altogether. But in terms of creating those platforms, uh, Dr. Munareng, um, so if that is your responsibility, just how far have you gone and what sort of uh, spaces, uh, platforms have you created thus far? Maybe I should come up with this line first. Um, it's, it's not a disclaimer, but it's a fact. The new management of Pencil started in July 2015. We had a past history that hasn't been going on for a line. We are appearing in public for all the wrong reason. We are currently trying to revive and place Pencil and allow Pencil to reclaim its language mandate. So this is what we have done. I'll give an example. We have got um, a program um, that we're going to be following that we have started already, which we call Equitability of Language Use. It's ingrained within our strategy um, for fi- the coming five years. In this way, we're going to be engaging the likes of you, Kina, um, ask you to, uh, if we feel that you don't give enough uh, space and percentage of African language within running business, radio business or broadcast business, it's not enough. We will engage you and push you to a fact that you're going to eventually give us increased space for especially the African languages to be able to, to, to express themselves within your current business. When you run business, this language should be given space. For example, it is currently out of order for now to speak in English in this program. Very out of order. Because what are we saying to other people that are not able to access it? And we can't run away and say, well, there are other registrations that are doing that. No, it's not responsible because this registration is almost meant for everybody. And I know that this registration cannot include that because the corporate system will tell you that you can't do that. It can only be done at a different platform. So what we will do, we will engage with SABC, for example, and say open ways for African language to persuade. Let's get into the television side. You have noted that the, 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 the what do you call it, the advertisement in African languages has been muted to, to extinction. African languages do not sell do not make money. The value is diminished completely because they are not seen to make money. In the past, you would note that radio stations would broadcast and, and advertise. And advertising business was thriving because language was in the, at the center, speaking to given people. And now when we talk about people, we're talking about modern people in the modern environment like the township and towns. We're living people as Lali. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And thank you so much for joining us uh, for this discussion this morning. We're talking about language. We're talking about what each and every one of us is doing in order to develop our languages uh, to a certain level. Because decolonizing education would mean that language is going to play a pivotal role in that. But when we talk about things like terminology and terminography, uh, uh, Professor Kashula, you know, that is actually where we are going with this. And is that being developed at a sufficient pace at the moment for all South African languages because we speak about 11 official languages but they are definitely not equal in stature. Mm. Thank you, um, Sakina. Yes, in terms of terminology, um, each of our universities um, is looking after one or two or even three African languages in certain instances. Um, You know, terminology development, again, I think I agree with uh, Dr. Monareng that we need to develop as we go. 
So, you know, we develop our languages as we use them. And, um, you know, it's no point in us saying we need to develop all the terminology and then begin to teach in an African mm. language. So it's all of our responsibility, really. And I just want to mention um, uh, Naledi Mbudeshale's project in Tropimvaba, where we're teaching mathematics in about 70 schools in Isiklosa. And um, she has spearheaded the development of textbooks in Isiklosa for the teaching of mathematics, and it's now in its fourth year. And the honor pass rates have gone up from 30% to about 60% because you teach and learn best in a language you understand best. So it's not only about, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about epistemic access as well and cognition mm. and being able to understand things. So we need that terminology and we need to develop it. And that's where Dr. Monareng, you know, the PANSOLB, the NLUs are very important as well, the National Lexicographic Units, which are developing our languages. So uh, it needs to be a collaborative um, a, a sort of endeavor between the universities, PANSALB, and everybody, really. It's all of our responsibility. If I can just uh, mention, Sakina, the University of Stellenbosch, for example, has glossaries for law, psychology, and social work in English, Isiklosa, and Afrikaans. UKZN has worked in this field. Um, you know, we ourselves have positioned our students to develop terminology in cell biology, political studies and international relations, um, ICT and so on. So we're all doing our bit, I think. What we need now, perhaps, uh, and you're quite right, is a more collaborative sort of feel as to where we're going and what each of us is doing um, in order to know what we're doing and not to reinvent the wheel. So I think Pantel could play an important role in, in that regard as well. Well, Pansalb has clearly had problems because uh, if I understand Dr. Munareng clearly, um, then what has happened up until the time when they've come in hasn't really been, you know, too great. And again, in terms of those platforms and, and how to ignite the power that all of this is supposed to bring... People are asking questions like, and I'm going to read some of these tweets for you. Um, this one says, um, why should I have... For example, my ID document printed in English and Afrikaans when I speak neither of those languages. Um, others are talking about the value that we place intrinsically on languages such as English as opposed to you know, some of the vernaculars. These are the questions that people are grappling with. And hence we posited it this morning, not as saying what should someone else do, but what are we doing, each and every one of us individually and then collectively to ensure that all languages, you know, get to a point where they are more or less equal in status. I'm going to take a few calls now. 891 Ntutuko in Durban. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sakina, and your guests. I'm very happy with the topic. I think, uh, you know, with this topic is quite relevant with the current uh, protests that are happening in institutions and the call that students are making around the question of free education because when we, we miss the point in this discussion of free education, we always focus around fees. But, you know, it's a broader concept around, uh, you know, questions of mm. epistemology, questions of language, you know, which are quite critical. And, and, you know, when the students are saying decolonization, and I think we need to give that platform for us to actually engage with that. For example, you know, um, you know there is, uh, universities there are huge debates in the University of Stellenbosch around the contestation on the question of language. Um, you know, in as much as we, we, we say we need to promote, uh, you know, our African languages, but what do we do when, you know, there is a superimposition 
of uh, two languages in the main in South Africa, which is Afrikaans and English. Uh, and, and also the whole question around language being power, uh, you know, that asserts, you know, our culture asserts our being as Africans, you know, and, and there's always been a talk down on our African languages, talk about our language not being able to be commercial languages, in the, you know, or languages of commerce. And it has been proven again and again that these languages can be developed. But all we have a discussion about is that, okay, let's have them as official languages and we don't talk to how do we influence, uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, you know knowledge production in our indigenous languages in order for us to, to really uh, transform and mm. decolonize South Africa. Absolutely. Couldn't Hi. agree more on Tutugo. And, 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 and perhaps just to add to that, another tweet here um, uh, from uh, someone uh, just trying to find it. Oh, it's from Mukone. Mukone says, before we can develop something, you have to value it. Do we even value our indigenous languages? It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Bongi Gwala. And of course, this morning we're talking about language. We're talking about language development and asking what each of us is doing in order to make sure that our languages are developing. And because we have 11 official languages in this country, but where where's each of those? Let's talk about your own language and how you feel about your language and its continued development at this stage. And our guest this morning is uh, from uh, uh, Rhodes University, Professor Russell Kashula, who is a professor of African Language Studies, and Dr. Rakwena Munareng, of the CEO of Pansalp, who is in our Pretoria studios. But I just want to pick up, before we get to this, uh, the, the, the points that were made about the value mm. that we place on our own languages. Uh, because um, Tutugo made some very pertinent points there in his uh, call as well. So maybe let's just pick up on that because many people are raising that as a definite issue in terms of why perhaps we are not so interested in the development, further development of language. Mm. Dr. Um, D- Dr. Monareng, let's start with you. Okay. Um, we We... We are interested in developing these languages. I told you that we need to go back to the system that constricts us, us, us to do that. And you should know that it has been going on for a long time, uh, time in memorial, and we need to take that out of our system so that we can be able to do that. That has resulted in what I think is, as uh, Alexander, he referred to uh, static um, uh, maintenance syndrome. Uh, that means that um, my language is not important. It's the language of the heath. Uh, it can't take me anywhere, so I'm throwing it away. So that kind of um, seed has been planted in ourselves to a point that we feel small all the time when we speak or we, we have to, to, to fight or place language in the, in the forefront. So the, the basic thing is to deal with that internal aspect. So it, it is a holistic approach that we need to, to adopt of decolonizing people's mind and unseating that kind of um, fallacy that has been ingrained in ourselves. But, but surely it, it, it can't be an ad hoc approach. It is not. It shouldn't be. It will be irresponsible to do that. Hence, we say that we do things as we're continuously doing that. Um, it must be seen almost all the time as in everything that we do. But is it? It isn't. Look, it's a question again of looking at the 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 capital and uh, the political investment that we give to that. 
Um, we, we should be doing that. We're trying, but we're not trying hard as a society. There's a section of the society that is doing that. But the larger majority of the system within our country or within, throughout the world is not doing that. So hence, those who are doing it should do it. You see, there's something that I think is very important. In order for you not to hit against the hole, have, have your forehead raised and braised, what do you need to do? You need to make sure that you strategize. When you strategize, you then get into where power is within the ruling part, party, within the, within, the, the, what is it, within the government, and within business, and see how you can, you can work on that and ensure that the issue of language, the language struggle, the language interest is given place. What would you do when you're working on business? You ensure that the running of business, it's, 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 it's kind of ingrained, it's, it's the central point of running business um, and even strategy will be f- from a multilingual approach. But isn't that asking to do the same things that we've been asking all along? And where has that got us? Shouldn't it then be up to people to make sure that they take that power and make sure that, you know, the the, the, the powers that be in government and elsewhere then listen to the people when they bring this to the fore and say, this is how we will deal with these issues. Because the other way around certainly doesn't seem to be working as well as we would like it to. That is true, but look, look. Um, the the key point is, if you leave it, people, they they are within that that system I told you about. They are within the aspect of monolingual approach, one language, the only thing, language of business, language of science, language of education, as if other languages are not made for that. So that is in ourselves. So how do we work it out? You don't leave it to people to do that because they are basically going to fall within the same trap because they don't see the alternative. They might not in basically trying to, to undermine people, but people might not know much about concept of multilingualism. The, is the country have got an agenda. And the agenda, it's a multilingual agenda. So you're going to work with both the people and make sure that you're going to even work with the system that is implicit, implicitly encouraging the, the monolingual attitude. So that's why I'm saying you get at the center of running business, place language multilingualism there, that when you run your business, encourage and make sure that it's from a multilingual perspective. In any way, we are multicultural society. Mm. Comes back to the question that I think uh, Dr. Kashula uh, uh, responded to earlier, the issue of having an actual roadmap mm. with time frames and mm. targets mm. to say at such and such a stage this will have happened that would have happened we will achieve this that that and the mm. other because mm. with in the absence of that we are always leaving it to people to force us to decide mm. for themselves mm. dr kashula you know professor Sakina, kashula um you know, there's a signboard going towards Kofin, um, towards um, Duchwa in the Eastern Cape, which says, uh, You know, we, we're doing our own thing, so we need to work um, hard in order to reposition African languages, and I think it's a collective responsibility. If I can just respond to Mtutuko's point about epistemology and decolonization and, and, and come back to your point about a roadmap, all universities are supposed to have a la- and do have language policies. No university has been brave enough to put an African language up there as a medium of instruction. They are all favoring English as medium of instruction, as Dr. Monoreng has also pointed out. So 
you know, we are obsessed in South Africa with creating a one-size-fits-all policy environment. So my, my sort of take on that would be if we're going to develop um, African languages in terms of epistemology and help decolonize our universities through African languages, then we can also look at it in a contextual sense where in a certain situation, in a certain context, you use the Sutra Saliboa, for example, at the University of Limpopo, mm. where you teach five subjects in Sutra Saliboa and five subjects in English, or where we teach at Rhodes a mother tongue-based bilingual sort of course where we use Isaklosa and English in the classroom and everything is repeated in both languages and the PowerPoint is in both languages. There are already many other little experiments that people are doing. So. We need to, uh, I think we need to look at the question, uh, you know, and, and assess the way in which language informs how we teach, because it's about, and, and what we teach across the disciplines, you know, and, and, and how do we use um, English and African languages in the university lecture halls. So, you know, because it's, it's indigenous knowledge that's underpinned by our languages, and if we accept that all knowledge per se is knowledge, um, then how does this get reflected across our disciplines, you know, from the mm. sciences to the humanities? And, I mean, that that's really goes to the core of decolonization. So I think universities should be grappling with that particular point and also within their language policies to bring African languages to the fore and create spaces for these languages. And I agree with Dr. Monareng, by going for an English-only approach like Free State and Stellenbosch are sort of moving towards, you throw, throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then by, by, uh, in essence you also demote African languages as well. So we need to be very sensitive and careful. As the students are protesting outside, I hear songs being sung in languages other than English, languages, uh, you know, uh, songs of protest. Uh, a fees must fall song. So, you know, and, and coming back to Mokone's point about value, and we give our languages social value. They do mm. have social value, but how do we give them economic value? Um, and, um, and Dr. Monareng is right, because if you look at our students that we're producing here, they are now getting jobs in Parliament, but not only in Parliament. You know, Sanrail, the Road Accident Fund, CELSI, the banking system, many of them are working in the banking system as translators. Um, so, you know, basically, once you give a language capital value, then we will, we will all see it as a resource. And in a multilingual, multicultural society like South Africa, that's what is now beginning to happen in the workplace as well, which is very encouraging because it means then that we will have to follow suit. Um, and there is also the Official Languages Act, which encourages government in all government departments to have practitioners who can respond to clients in the language of their choice. And it mm. is up to us as universities to develop those languages in order to be able to produce students who can respond to that scenario. And secondly, uh, Sakina, I think there needs to be stronger uh, liaison between the Department of Basic Education and the Department of Higher Education and universities in terms of what type of student do we need to graduate uh, that, that in a decolonized system that can operate effectively within uh, our educational milieu, especially given that we have the incremental implementation of African languages that is taking place at basic education. So we need to train teachers who can respond to the development of our, our languages in terms of knowing about mother tongue-based bilingual and multilingual education and knowing the pedagogies around that mm. and, be, and being able to teach effectively in multilingual environments. So, it's all of us that need to take collective responsibility, um, not only for decolonizing our institutions through language, 
but you know, positioning ourselves in a way that we understand collectively uh, the bi or multilingual voice uh, within tertiary education and within the schooling system. And of course, government can legislate as much as it wants. It's up to us to bring pressure to bear to make sure that we actually excess that which government actually makes provision for, that which policy makes provision for. So I think it's time that people should insist uh, you know, to be uh, actually helped in their languages. And there was one here about uh, uh, Chivenda, and I'm going to go to calls in just a moment. Uh, and uh, there was someone who was saying something about a situation that developed in court. Um, and, oh yeah, here it is. It says... Um, I don't understand this. It's a court. The magistrate is Muvenda. The defense team Muvenda. The accused is Muvenda. Interpretation and the interpreter is Muvenda. And yet the court proceedings are conducted in English. Mm-hmm. Can someone explain why that would happen? That's what we're talking about this morning. What are we doing? All of us collectively to ensure that our languages are actually, um, you know, developed to the extent that we would like to see them developed. Uh, let's start in Soweto. Uh, Chumani, good morning. Fumani is my name. Fumani. Now, I will illustrate what happened as I called for this input. Uh, the lady was nice to call me, how long will you hold? But she responded, in, this is Zulu, I'm Tonga. So yeah. we face this tribal discrimination. <laughs> you see, and this is an English-speaking radio. One of your presenters said this station must choose move to an African language. By the way, I support uh, development of African language. But the point is, the truth is that it would be Zulu, Sutu, and Kofa. It's already happening advertisements. Now, a civilized country respects its minorities. I learned in another country I lived in and were protected. A civilized country respects its minorities. So if a university, my former university, which is Tefu, Limpopo now, mm-hmm. goes to Sesotho Salibua, it means with Batonga and Bavenda must team up with Africaners into private school universities whilst we are taxpayers. So, in short, I'm saying the CEO and the, the professor must first encourage the discussion of the problem of tribalism first before we even uh, force Indian people and colored people and people of European descent, uh, English-speaking Indeed, African speaking, listening to this radio, to now uh, listen in Sizulu and Sikosa and maybe Sichuana. Because that's what happens. So we must debate what is the minority language. Because when it's announced that University of Kwazulu Natal is going to introduce Sizulu, it means if I'm not, I'm Tonga or Muvenda, I don't go there. Okay. Thank you so much for money in Soweto. And uh, just to add to that, Tiniko on Twitter says, but which African languages would you teach at a university if you have 11 official languages? Our panel will respond to all of this in just a bit. Sozabile and Nelspread, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, thanks. And you? Thank you very much. It's very saddening to see ourselves talking about development of our languages <coughs> after 24 years, after 22 years of democracy. And uh, what amazed me is that we are still, as Africans, who are supposed to stand up against this, 
we are still moving away on, uh, from our languages because if you see correctly now, the middle class people, most of them, they didn't, they don't want to take their children to their their, their 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 children to the school where our African languages would be the the main language that that, that, that they have to be taught on. Mm. We want to take our children where English will be uh, uh, the first language. When you go to churches, you find, uh, especially those uh, charismatic churches, you find more black African people there. They will uh, preach in uh, in English. You go to STP meeting, they preach in English. They 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 conduct their meeting in English. Uh, uh, a, a customer come to our service. I'm a police official. I'm not allowed to open a topic in, in my language. The only thing that I have to use is Afrikaans or English. That token will be accepted in court. So you can see that we are moving away. I don't see us coming closer in terms of developing our language the way we are conducting ourselves, we as African people. I okay. used to tell my, uh, my, my church congregation that when I attended, I attended the funeral of a white person, I have never seen, uh, I remember the last one I attended, we were more than 100 African people, and there were only plus minus 15 white people. That preacher and all those people who were there, who were in the program, they were talking Africans. They didn't care about us as majority people who were there in that scenario. But we, black people or African people, when one, when why one, white person attend our funeral or attend our church or attend our meeting we change everything we want to accommodate that person we speak english definitely once we decolonize, decolonize ourselves as african people i don't see us going forward in terms of developing our language thank you Saki. thank you so much uh, so zabile now spread patrick uh, still in mpumalanga but in Vita, uh, vidbank now good morning hi hi sakina you know sakina i agree with the previous caller so much the thing is, Sakina, we African people, I have to prove, I have to be blunted. We African people, we look down upon our languages, Sakina. I think the good space for us, Sakina, to start fixing, I'm actually worried now because <laughs> the demonstration is being like uh, sidelined. And you know why I'm saying this, Sakina? I'm radio station, radio, mm-hmm. radio station, this is where actually the discipline of languages is supposed to take place. Listen to the amount of English that is spoken to our, uh, our so-called African radio stations. You listen to Lekwalakwala, uh, uh, you end up thinking that you're listening to, to the English radio station. There is no, there, there is no discipline, and I, 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 I think one, one major, major thing that is actually required for a radio personality to be hired on Radio Sisutu, Radio Sisulu, you have to be perfect in that particular language. But because of our, 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 our radio personalities, they want to sound relevant. They speak English. They will speak 40% of that particular language being Zulu or Susutu or society. And then the rest, a person will be engaging himself in, 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 in English. This is why I say, Asagina, we don't value our, uh, uh, what is this? We can say it as much as we want. I say, I agree with the previous caller. We don't respect our languages. We don't actually value them. Yeah.
And, and, and that's a very critical point that you make, uh, you know, especially if there is, you know, uh, at the very rudiments, it is stated that this language, this uh, radio station rather is to cater for a particular language group, then surely at the very least you need proficiency in that language. But of course, again, if it is not happening, then people need to find their voices and make sure that things happen the way they want but someone just asked me i'm just but one person what can i do the forum at eight with sakina kamwendo on am live turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them and this morning we're talking about language and language development, asking what each and every one of us is doing because we clearly are very proud of our languages, but what are we doing to ensure that the development remains on track? And uh, just a few messages before I get our panel to respond to the calls there. Um, this one from Kofi, and Kofi says, excellent topic again. Your guest from uh, Pansalb didn't answer your question about telling us about their accomplishments. Um, what have they achieved so far and what progress are they making when are we going to stop blaming the english language dominance instead of building our own and when is he going to raise funds from africans who have money and believe in the african languages progress decolonization starts at home indeed and then uh, some of the sms's also here bongani says sis sakina i'm zulu Uh, i was at scorpion in peter maritzburg yesterday with my father with my father who's a member and he's illiterate and when i I looked at their forms, they were only in English and Afrikaans. You look at uh, King Shaga Airport in Tongat, everything written in English and Afrikaans. The only language used um, in those noisy speakers is English only, so says Bongani. And then uh, Jihole says, we are able to study African languages up to PhD level. Uh, we don't want to teach maths and science at varsities in 11 official languages, and that uh, back, that's back to divide and rule. Uh, Errol Presley says, I hear more blacks speaking English to each other than ever before, especially black school children. And Khunese uh, NK says, um, it's very important to develop our languages as this enhances and improves our traditions and cultures, government and traditional leaders must also uh, take care of this. And uh, Jen in KZN says, SK, as long as it's not a return to Bantu education, bring on the global knowledge in African languages, I say yay. And then uh, many other messages also here. Uh, this one uh, from Tendo T. Tendo says, a language only has as much value as the speakers of that language place on it. Afrikaans is a minority language, but it is valued. Um, King Damane says, 24 years down the line, who's doing what uh, the colonizers did? Speaking to that uh, issue of English and Afrikaans yet again. And then uh, uh, this one from A uh, underscore anonymous underscore E says, you've just encouraged me uh, to start more tutorials on the development of software in uh, Iskosa. So some of the messages coming through there. Okay, we have to wrap it up. Uh, Professor Kashu let me start with you. Um, thank you, Sakina. I'm very happy to hear about the development of software. That's a wonderful um, initiative. Um, just to say, you know, a lot of the callers, Patrick and everybody, raised the question of attitudes. And I think it's, for me, it was very sad to hear when uh, the whole debate around, around hair and so on was, was emerging that students are forbidden to use their mother tongues in, in the school environment. And to me, that was completely shocking and unacceptable. 
um, language is a resource that we must use in our education and allow for it to flourish. And what we have here at Rhodes now is students arriving having not studied an African language and they, and, and they can speak their mother tongue but they can't write it. And we have to start teaching them um, rules of writing and so on and start at the beginning. So really these attitudes go back to the schooling system right from, and, and right probably back to the home actually from, the, from where these attitudes are developed. So we need to make a concerted effort to um, show people that you can be a global citizen. You can acquire good English uh, if you're taught English properly, but that doesn't mean you have to learn everything in English. Um, English is not the only language that can convey knowledge. You can convey knowledge mm. in any language. So it's not about Bantu education and taking us back to tribalism, as, as Fumani was also saying, but creating a, a mutually inclusive environment you know, where we can use our languages appropriately in given contexts. Um, it's, 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 it's about what we teach in these languages, not, not, not what language we use. Whether you're using mm. uh, uh, Chivenda or Isikosa or English, it's about what we're going to teach and how we change the curriculum and how we use our languages best to create cognition within our education system while still giving access to our students, uh, giving them the global environment. Um, just on the question of the courts, I mean, it is bizarre that you have a courtroom with mother tongue speakers of one particular language and the only record is English. So everyone has to use English and there's interpreters in the courtroom. Um, so students like Zakira Dokrat that we have and Matthew Mpatra, Advocate Mpatra, that are looking into this are going to provide us with new ways of thinking around court and so on. So it's very important that our students are involved in creating this new knowledge and beckoning a way forward. I think also of our first PhD student to write his thesis so this is part of further intellectualizing and developing our languages in a mutually inclusive way, in, in a way that for Mani, would, where I would say we respect minority languages uh, rather than opting for an English-only approach, which mm. then basically just discards all other languages, including Afrikaans, to whom we can look. We can look at that language in terms of how it's developed uh, as a leading language scientifically in a very short space of time, and probably uh, only Hebrew and uh, Afrikaans and Kiswahili maybe have been able to do this. So there are examples of languages that have become intellectualized uh, that we can look to as well. Okay, Dr. K- uh, Professor Kashula, I'm going to stop you there. We'll obviously bring this back again and just a final word very quickly from you we are out of time dr monare okay thank you very much um uh, for hosting us um it is very important just to dispel something quickly Um, we have created a platform where we think that um praying and god is associated to a given language i'm responding to the gentleman who said that uh, people pray only and preach only in one language as if the other languages are not meant for prayer when we allow our indigenous South African languages to perform in this kind of sacred environment, we are giving them value. It's one aspect of doing that. The other important thing is we've been talking much about developing of indigenous South African languages, but we haven't spoken much about the core and sign languages, sun languages I'm and sign languages. We're going to come back because I, I'm already getting requests for a follow-up conversation, so yeah. we'll definitely make that happen. Gentlemen, yeah. thank you so much for your um, invaluable inputs this morning, and we'll definitely do a follow-up on this discussion as well.